My name is Daisha Clay. I'm the audio librarian here at Classical 91.7. While I'm a real librarian, I have a deep, dark secret. I know very little about classical music. I grew up listening to rock. And I know something about jazz. But when it comes to classical... The thing is, I want to learn. And as it turns out, I work with people who know a lot about classical music. Every week on this show, one of my coworkers will give me a homework assignment, a piece of classical music they think I should know, and then we'll discuss it. Come learn with me in the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and today my instructor will be an actual instructor. This is uh, Kurt Stallman, who is an associate professor of music at Rice University's Shepherd School of Music. Uh, Kurt is also director of Rice's Electroacoustic Music Labs. And um, what's interesting is that Kurt is kind of a computer music guy, but he has brought a Bach piece to me today. So, Kurt, welcome to the program, and tell me why you chose this piece. Well, one of the things about Bach is there's an attitude towards materials that I feel very connected to. And when we study music in schools, we learn to think and appreciate the way that composers think about their materials. Uh, Okay, tell me what materials are. Right. uh, Maybe you're going there already, but... So if you think about what are materials, what, what are the materials of the clothes that we wear, right? We have a kind of woven fabric, and, and there's, there are threads that kind of go across, there are threads that go up and down, and then when they're united together, it strengthens this into some kind of fabric. Mm-hmm. And in the same way in music, if you think about going across as time, you know, and going up and down as something as simultaneous in time... We have the same kinds of threads. We have threads that go across time and threads that go over time. Mm-hmm. And how those things are brought together is what creates kind of the fabric or the material of music. Okay. So this group of two-part inventions, Bach wrote them for his son. Oh, really? Yeah, his son, I think, was probably 10 or 11 years old at the time, uh-huh. uh, Wilhelm Friedman Bach. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote this for his son to learn about playing Okay. So there's a very familial connection yeah. to the music. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he wanted to pass along sort of the tradition of how do you make music with just two voices. Mm-hmm. So in this group of pieces called the two-part inventions, there mm-hmm. are 15 of them. They're all structured in different ways. Yeah. That's why they're kind of inventive in the sense that here, here's, here's one way to think about two voices. Here's another way to think about two voices. Here's a third way to think about two voices. So suddenly this little book of 15 is like an exposition in sort of the whole development of two-voice music, you know, at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? Wow. And, and this is just a gift to his son. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and just so wanted it, to make you a little something. Right. Imagine the pressure <laughs> of being Bach's son. <laughs> I better play the crap out of these pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another reason I love this little piece is that it's only 22 measures long. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's incredibly short. Um, and... It has so much music in it in that short amount of time. It's, it's almost like, you know, if you were going to create a textbook case of everything that's possible in the shortest amount of time with limited materials, what would yeah. it be? And it's kind of like that for me. So this is a very popular piece. I think probably most children 
learn this piece as they're beginning to learn piano. Mm-hmm. If they're if the first time they're exposed to Bach's music, they would probably hear this. So. That's like the first little section of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds very sort of unassuming. And I wondered mm-hmm. if this was something like variations or is this like some sort of exercise? Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting. If we look inside the piece, we'll find a lot of variations on the same piece of basic material. Okay. Let's okay. just start with the most basic thing. So we have this little open. So we can sort of think of that as one little piece of material, yeah. right? Okay, and we have two voices, mm-hmm. and this is played on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Well, you play a keyboard with two hands. Mm-hmm. So one voice is in one hand, and the other voice is in the other hand. Mm-hmm. So what's the first thing you hear in the other voice? Sort of a, a mirror. It's, exactly, it's a yeah. mirror. Yeah. But do they sound exactly the same? No. And if you listen, here, here's why. Yeah, so So they're separated by time. So they're separated by time, and Mm -hmm. we also have the addition of this second little voice up here, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that second little voice has a really important function to make make the same material. We had the same material in the right hand, the same material in the left hand, but when the left hand comes back, it sounds different. Mm -hmm. It sounds different because we've changed the tones. Mm -hmm. So right here, in the first time, the right hand's by itself. Now the left hand is with it. And now listen to this. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we put the left hand and the right hand together, the way these tones, two tones tend to work is that we hear the G a little bit stronger. This is the G. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you hear it as a line... we tend to hear the C a little mm-hmm. bit stronger. So that's using like two tones together to change the weight. I see, okay. Of a tone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. And now. Now, if you listen to this, where did you hear that before? Back at the beginning. Right. Yeah. You heard it here, and then you heard it here. And now you hear it here. And now you hear it here. Here it's a little bit mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is coming back to what I was saying earlier. It's like this attitude about material. We don't throw anything away. We keep using it. And every time we bring it back... We change it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't necessarily change it on the surface, but we change how it's produced so that what we what we hear changes. Yeah, and that's the job of a composer in a sense. Mm-hmm. They're like they bring these same materials back and they're back and they're back and they're back. But somehow, as you hear them, you don't get tired of them because every time they come in, 
that have a slightly different energy. There's something new. Something to slightly it. new to it. Okay. Right? And so for me, that's sort of abstract music. Yeah. This is not about a movie. Mm-hmm. This is not about a story. This is not about, you know, something outside of music. This is just something related to the musical materials themselves. This is music about music. Music about music. Right. And this is something that, you know, I feel oftentimes in our culture, um, we're so attached to music that is a song and there's a story in the song. And then we learn about the music from the words mm-hmm. or there's a movie and there's like a pic- picture or a scene. And then we learn something about the music or the, the music is portraying something in a scene. Right. But in this music, this music was designed to be played when you're like by yourself mm-hmm. in a little room on a very small, very delicate instrument. And you just have some time, you know, to sort of just listen. Uh-huh. And it's about the music itself. It's sort of meta. Like, it's uh, it's talking about music. I mean, it's talking about itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here uh, so you talk about linear and vertical. So we have linear and linear. And now we have vertical here. As the two voices come together at a certain mm-hmm. point in time together to change the emphasis between the tones. And here again. Now what happens after this? This is really fascinating to me. Does that sound familiar at all? It sounds like what we just heard only played backwards. Exactly. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right? Because he turned it upside down. Just turned it upside That's down. Cool. Yeah, so it's the same material yeah. upside down. Now, what about this? This is a little bit trickier, but you it's, have to remember that one of his materials is time. Okay. I'm trying to, just watching your fingers on the keyboard. Okay, now listen to our beginning. I'm going to play it slower. Okay. Now listen to this. It's almost as if you're playing, you're playing the the front half exactly. first, and then the back half after. You are amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. It's so, so, but what we've done, we've slowed it down. Okay. Right. And so that's part of it. Too. Yeah. So imagine time is elastic. Mm. Right. So something's da 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 becomes da 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 da. Right. And so yeah. now listen. Now you can hear this. No. Okay. Now listen. So you can hear all those little yeah. things in there now? Yeah. Yeah, and it. now that's exactly it. So it's like all these little materials are coming together and they're shaped. Mm-hmm. They're shaped. 
and and with it's like patterns within patterns within patterns and all of these patterns begin to form larger patterns and then those larger patterns become sections in themselves mm. and this is to me you know the beauty of this i mean i could spend here we could talk for hours just about this tiny little piece and all of the things going on in it yeah. that's i mean i feel like we've only talked about like we only what? talked about the first six measures it's <laughs> crazy but the thing is as you can I think, I hope you actually start to hear some of those things, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the material. You can imagine. It's like seeing a visual pattern, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what gives a visual pattern some consistency when you see it. Similarly, over time, these materials, they're they're repeated, they're altered, they're changed, but they're shaped so that you get a sense of the pattern, the Mm -hmm. overall pattern. Mm-hmm. It's almost like geometric patterns, right? Or something. Right. Yeah. It's it's sort of like like there are parameters set, right? And and he's he's sort of moving around within those parameters mm. in as many ways as possible. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you think about this music now, we've just gone through the first six measures, but if you listen to this first thing again, we go from here to hear, mm-hmm. right, in that very first second. But then if you listen to the end of these first six measures and where they end up, and now what's the first thing you hear? Right? But mm-hmm. now it's starting on the G instead of the C. Uh-huh. Well, the G was the last tone of the beginning. Uh-huh. And now he's starting there. So these first six measures actually go from C to G so -hmm. that we can begin there. So this is what I mean, patterns within patterns. You see this little tiny opening thing, and that has repercussions. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's this little piece of material. Now I can tell you, it's going to go to G. This is like parallel universes. This is like like in quantum physics, you know, like the the idea that... um, there are multiple possibilities of any particular thing happening. Uh-huh. Like, you walk out your front door and you could go right or you could go left. And, and it will have and, completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're, but they're all happening simultaneously. simultaneously. In like, these everything exists all simultaneously in different parallel universes. Or yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's what this is sort of like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bach was so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, you know, this is probably why why people, you know, musicians have are often said, well, if you're musical then you must like math, or if you like math then you must like music mm. or something like that. I don't think it's necessarily true. Uh, I mean, like a composer like Beethoven who was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't think he had any advanced math mm. skills in terms of math itself. Yeah. But the thinking behind sort of math and the thinking behind music I think are similar yeah right. you can you can map it out mathematically. right right and so so that. you see like now okay see these first six measures they make a they make a little section yeah and so if you listen now to the next section which begins with this uh-huh. what what happens well in the first section he starts with the right hand in the second section he starts with the left hand yeah. So he Why? reverses that. This is called like developing your materials. It's mm-hmm. like you use the same things over and over again, but then you have ideas about how to develop them. So mm-hmm. they're not just exactly the same every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so this is just another twist another, on that Yeah, it's like pattern. a twist in the plot. Okay. So there's yeah. no like logical, 
why you could argue that there are there are musical reasons that have to do with the key structure and where he's going in keys. Yeah, yeah right. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's... You could argue that because we're beginning in something like C major, and then when we get to this measure, we're we're sort of in G major, mm-hmm. and he wants to emphasize that with the lower tone because the lower tone actually it's like a confirmation of that arrival. It's in like G it's major. answering it's it. It's answering it, right? Okay. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So. Same thing. No. Where have you heard that? Back at the, in the second part of the first six Right, bars. exactly. Yeah. Remember when he reversed it? Uh-huh. So he's doing the same thing here. He's going to chain them all together. And now we're in a new place. What is that little flourish These on little- the end? These little yeah. trills, they're just trills or mordants. They're little, uh-huh. they're just little uh, ornamentation. That was very um, of yeah. the day. That was Yeah, very much Baroque, kind of a Baroque or- ornamentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. All right. So we've taken the pattern. We've answered the pattern. Right. We've strung it together. Uh-huh. What comes next? Okay, so this is, this is where... The idea of tonality, long range sort of tonality comes in. Uh-huh. He begins in C, and just as a kind of basic principle, in a lot of this music, it comes back to its beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's circular, right? So we go away, and we come back. Okay. So now we've kind of gone away, about as far as we're going to go, uh-huh. and now we're going to turn back. Okay. So that we come back to C. Come back home is what you know. a lot of people say. It's like home. You're at home. You take a trip. You come back mm-hmm. home. So now we're heading back home. You've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is actually one of the most beautiful little two-voice sections in almost all music. I just love this section. concept of, of coming home and music yeah. you know talking about music is such a it's so difficult i've found like i, I think like i've developed a little bit of a better language for talking uh-huh. about it but but it, it's hard to talk about because it it is by nature abstract right you know but and there are certain emotional sort of associations that we have it mm-hmm. these days a lot of people say well i'm going out of my comfort zone yeah. It's sort of like you're within your comfort zone or you go out of your comfort zone. So I like to think of maybe like the idea of a key center as your yeah. comfort zone. 
sort of this is where we're starting this is what i'm comfortable with and then over the course of time the music challenges that a little Mm -hmm. bit kind of pulls you out of your comfort zone and then it releases you back into your comfort zone kind of and it's uh, weird it it seems almost like that's just sort of um ingrained uh, sort of in our minds that that those sorts of things like the coming home like that makes sense in the same way that um like the hero's journey or or like uh sort of traditional storytelling exactly with with the rise and and that's like in joseph campbell's you know yeah yeah you know Mm -hmm. hero of a thousand faces where he talks about all these different myth structures and so there's you know this hero that leaves home and overcomes these challenges Mm -hmm. and then returns home sort of the wiser for having gone through all of those experiences. Right, and there's a yeah. parallel in music exactly, exactly. that's a sort of wordless... Mm-hmm. The, the it's kind of an emotional sort of, pattern uh-huh. that, that emulates that same sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Archetypes in music. Ex- Is that oh, a I thing? love that. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, sure, Do people of study archetypes in music? Well, they, they study... Uh, well, and I think these kind of ar- archetypes are just in human expression. Right, whether it's mm-hmm. visual, whether it's uh, musical, whether it's whatever, we have this kind of same, same wanting to communicate these oh kinds of archetypes, you know. And so I feel yes, you know, but it changes over time. It changes, you know, from from p- time period to time period to time period. How that expression takes place, yeah. And different uh, techniques, different ideas are developed around those same archetypal expressions. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I'd never thought of. The idea yeah. that you know an archetype could be expressed, uh, not just in story, but, but if you think of story, sound, and if you think about story, stories in time, mm-hmm. right? Story, you know, starts with a certain premise, and then things happen over time, yeah. and and what you hear that happens over time is always in relationship to what you heard in the past, and then similarly in music, if you if you think about music, it starts in time, it gives you some sort of basic premise. And then it sort of challenges those yeah. premises over time, and then you know you're learning. To, you're learning just like you learn about a story, except now you're not listening. You know you're not thinking about people or things, or, but you're just using these tones mm-hmm. and how what what they communicate to you. It kind of it's a kind of journey, an inner emotional journey. Yeah. Wow, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I would love to hear the whole piece just sort of played straight through because we've heard it in chunks so far. Do you do you want to play it or should we No, hear I think the we should let's, let's listen to one of the the recordings that we have. Okay.
That's amazing. <laughs> I was distracted while I was listening to that recording because when I was doing my my homework for this episode before we met today, um, our program director, Sinjim Flynn, pointed out to me that um, Glenn Gould's recording, you can hear him humming along with the exactly. music and making little noises in the background. He sings with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was listening to a lot. At one point, he even makes like a weird, like, I don't even know if I can repeat Like a cling. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. Bring. That's a, that, and that's actually at the very point that the music comes home. Yeah. It's at that very moment. It's, it's funny. It goes, bring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, uh-huh. we, I also noticed, like, in hearing hearing the piece in Toto, like, yes. that, that it is a circle. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and also that it's it's actually a really pretty little piece, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, and we've been we've been talking so much in in technical terms about about you know what makes this piece so rich mm-hmm. and you know delve inable you know right. and and um, but it's also just sort of lovely and is. Do you think that there is an explanation for for sort of why it sounds lovely to us? In the way that we were talking about, you know, a, a story makes sense to us mm-hmm. in, in traditional story form. Why is this? I mean, maybe this is just a total imponderable. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, number one, it's because Bach is a great composer. Right, just like Michelangelo is a great sculptor yeah. or painter, or I mean, a, a great artist can take the simplest of materials mm-hmm. and can shape them and form them uh, in such a way that it resonates with people who hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think personally, I think it maybe comes back to some of those things we were talking about earlier with sort of archetypal kinds of ideas or yeah. things that we as human beings all share. Um, and in our existence on this planet, you know, uh, we 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 are all sort of searching for things as we as we live our lives and mm-hmm. to bring meaning to our lives and to to bring sort of a sense of who we are and and what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you hear pieces like like these, or you see you know a great piece of sculpture or art, it it kind of reminds you of that. It enriches your life in a, in a certain way. It's like oh, yeah, now I sort of you know, this has changed the quality of my life, uh-huh. and somehow it's like it's elevated my life. Right, right. And, and, Experiencing and, and, yeah, this and, thing. And for me, the great thing about hearing, you know, you know, great works, or or and it and it doesn't have to be Bach. It can be you know many many different things. I I have this experience listening to a lot of different kinds of things, but it's an elevation. It's like there are more possibilities in life now. After I've heard this, it's yeah. not it's not a shrinking. Yeah, you know, it's like an expansion. We feel as though our life is more complete, and there's there are more possibilities in the world than we maybe thought of bef- than before we saw or heard that thing. If there's this right. possibility, then there could be other possibilities. And can, right, and suddenly, yeah. like life is suddenly much bigger. Uh huh. Like it's we we've, we've just we've just transcended our sort of limitations in some way, and it's like oh now. Now there's suddenly more things in the world, and I see more possibilities 
you know, what we can do with these resources. Which is kind of on a really small scale what Bach is saying in this piece. Exactly, yeah. Like, here is here are this these, pattern, here, here are these Here are these tones. very limited resources, two voices mm-hmm. on a little tiny instrument. You know, I mean, he's an organist, right? So he could pull out all the stops and do all the things. But here he is limiting himself to this little tiny instrument called a clavichord, you know, which is limited in scope, limited in tuning, and saying, here's two little voices. This is for an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. What are the possibilities in that world? Yeah. And, and, and within that, suddenly... And they're vast. They're vast. They're vast. Yeah. And I think for me, that's one of the great qualities. That's what... That's what I get out of, you know, really... When I get excited about things, it's because it has that, that impact on me. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me, me too. Like, hmm. Well, I think that um, our conversation about this piece has come home. Oh. Whoa. See what I did there? <laughs> wow. So, um, <laughs> so Kurt, this, wow. I, seriously, my mind was blown by this conversation. This this was so cool. Thank you for coming in and talking to me oh, today. Oh, thanks. Teaching I, me about this. I had a ball. I feel like we've just scratched the surface of it. I Yeah, yeah I bet we could go on for days about this. <laughs> for sure. Which is kind of crazy. Well, Everyone, thanks for listening. And if there is something that you would like to learn about or that you have a question about, feel free to send me an email at dclay at classical917.org. If you would like to find out about our show or hear past shows or see what's coming up next, go to classical917.org backslash classroom. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.